Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Ricky Chino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. What is going on, good people? It is a Tuesday afternoon, roughly 2.15 Eastern Standard Time. That means we are here. We are live. It is Believe in Pro Wrestling. Ricky Chino, SP3, with you guys for about 45 minutes or so. We got so much that we got to get into right now. Uh, We're going to talk about some people on this show that we don't typically talk about. If you're new to the format, we really kind of stick to the to the main points, the big major marquee stories, because that's what we really have time to to dive deep into. And I like this today. There's going to be some names brought up on this show that we haven't really focused a whole lot on, and that might be because we're going to start focusing on them much more moving forward. Tony Khan has had a big week when it comes to locking up key parts of his company's future. We'll be talking about another one of those today. We got new matches added for Crown Jewel. We've had a trade completed uh, between Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. I'm going to ask SP3, should the internet be panicking the way that they seem to be panicking here these last few weeks? So much more to dive into today. SP3, how we doing? What is going down? It's going good. It's a Tuesday. I'm here with all of you on the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. It's a good time to be a wrestling fan. We got good stuff to talk about. We got some interesting stuff to talk about. So, yes. And uh, to answer Sam in the chat, I, we apologize for all our fans who enjoy our SmackDown and Rampage review. We'll be back this, this coming Friday. I yes. Think. As long as possibly. Not- I mean, we were supposed to take, like, yeah, we allegedly, right? Like, there was a lot of extenuating circumstances there. There were some personal issues that cropped up on my end, some health issues that cropped up on Dutch's end, uh, some scheduling issues that cropped up on Redacted's end. It has just been one massive weave that has knocked us off the air for three weeks. But we'll be back uh, this Friday. But we're here right now to break everything down. And we would not be here right now if it wasn't for our friends over at Bet Online. Football is back. They remain your number one source for all of your betting needs this season. You'll get the latest odds, matchup information, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Did I say giveaways? I'll have more on that in just a moment. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, even golf. Go to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get those rewards. That is B-L-E-A-V, BetOnline, where the game starts. Again, we thank everybody for joining us here. If you're new to the show, we appreciate you stopping by. If you like what you hear, give us that thumbs up and also pound the hell out of that subscribe button. We are inching closer and closer to our goal of 500 subscribers. And once we get there, SP3, one of y'all is going to win $100 cash money to either WWE or AEW shop on us. That's a hundred free dollars. That, that, that's, that's a Dan Housen shirt, a Britt Baker shirt, a Soraya shirt, and probably an Orange Cassidy shirt. Or you could go get all that new Bray Wyatt merchandise you want. Whatever you want. Whatever you want. It's on us up to $100. I get that Sizzle Daddy ass shirt. Sizzle Daddy. That's a free Sizzle Daddy ass shirt. Like right there. Boom. But we got to get to 500 subscribers first. 
Also, you got to retweet my pin tweet at Rick Uchino. While you're at it, follow me there. Follow him at True Heel SP3. We got all the paperwork out of the way. Let's dive into uh, our lead story, which again is not a guy that we typically bring up, at least not in the A block SP3, but we are today. And that's the man who stood tall at the end of Monday Night Raw last night, Mustafa Ali. Color me shocked on that one. This is a guy that I, I wrote about recently for Cage Side Seats, SB Nation, with the hopes that there might be uh, so, some better things on the horizon for him following his brief encounter with Seth Rollins two weeks ago. Seemed like they were laying the seeds for, for something there, but would they follow through on it? They typically don't when it comes to Mustafa Ali, but he showed up on multiple occasions last night to let Seth Rollins know that he is his biggest problem now moving forward, and he has his sights set on the United States Championship. For anybody out there who is a fan of Mustafa Ali, who has been begging for them to do something with this man over the last six years, this is an exciting time. It might now finally be his time on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, it seemed like they really put a focus on him. I think that in the few segments that he had on last night's raw it did more for him than that competitive match that he had with bobby lashley that a lot of people got excited about i was more excited for this coming out of it than i was the bobby lashley match i like that they followed up on that and made what could have been just a throwaway uh curb stomp by seth rollins on him pointless they they followed up on it here and they really got a response from the crowd the crowd was did not respond to him when he came out which was a testament to that matchup with Bobby Lashley not being that effective. But at the end, when he came out and he, you know, attacked Seth Rollins after his matchup with Matt Riddle, they responded to him big there. And he got a huge response at the, at the end of the show. Not a, not a giant response, but a bigger response a bigger. than he got, than he got previously. So I like the fact that I think that this is more, you know, it's great for Mustafa Ali, but it's also great that they put a focus on the United States championship and create created a story out of it and it's not just Mustafa Ali and Seth Rollins it's also the insertion of Matt Riddle and Elias you have a multi-layered kind of story going on with the United States Championship where you have the issue that was created between Mustafa Ali and Seth Rollins I like Seth Rollins bringing up you're a good human being a great father and then yeah. sucker punching him that yeah, was nice great. and that was effective to get him heat because he doesn't really get a lot of heat a lot of times he gets big responses but he's a heel he should get heat so he got the heat with that little attack on Mustafa Ali. But you also have the issue that's been ongoing between Rollins and Riddle. And now you have Elias inserted in it where he created a, a kind of a issue with Seth Rollins through his matchup with Riddle after interrupting his performance. And he also cost Riddle his matchup with Seth Rollins. So you have the kind of the makings of a great fatal four-way if they want to do that at Crown Jewel. Yeah, uh, Steven in the chat here, uh, Ali versus Seth is going to be a good match. Hell yes, it's going to be. Will this be at Crown Jewel or at Raw? Uh, here's my my thought process on this. Don't rush it. I, I don't want to see this match right now, right? Because I look at a guy like Mustafa Ali, and you bring him in here, this guy who has been begging for an opportunity and says, you know what, screw it, I'm tired of waiting in line. I'm going to go out and take it by any means necessary. And this is a guy that, that many you know, people, at least maybe the vocal minority online, have been rooting for and cheering for and hoping would get this opportunity. I don't want to see him get that opportunity right away. 
because to me, he should be a guy that is a very strong, realistic candidate to take the title off of Rollins. But at the same time, I don't want the United States championship off of Seth Rollins. So, so easily. So I'd like to see this kind of, kind of stretch out here over the next couple months, maybe even three months before Ali at least gets a one-on-one opportunity at him, which is why I like the idea of a fatal four-way SP3, because if you do the fatal four-way at crown jewel, well, then you got riddle or most likely Elias that you can pin in that match. Maybe Ali does the damage that wins the match for Seth Rollins, Rollins pulls the old heel move of Ali hits the 450 splash. Rollins grabs him, chucks him out of the ring. He pins Elias to retain the United States Championship, and then you can keep the ball rolling on this. But I don't want a one-on-one match, whether it's on Raw or Crown Jewel, this soon because I don't know if they'll take the title off of Rollins this soon. And even if they do, I'll still be upset that it was a short run because I do think there's money in this run. So there's no need to rush this. I'm happy to see it, but there's no need to rush this at all. No, that's what I said. I think it's great that they kind of built out the United States title division because it's been great. that kind of refocus that they've put on it and, you know, trying to build it back up. But there's been no stories. It's just been good matches with Bobby Lashley for the most part. Now that Seth Rollins is champion, you have a heel as the champion. You have easy stories to tell. And, you know, it was an I thought it was too soon to go back to the Riddle and Rollins uh, matchup, but they had a pretty, a uh, pretty good main event matchup. Up and it created different stories with the post-match with Ali and Riddle, as well as uh, Elias interfering and uh, costing Riddle the matchup there. So I like what they're doing with the United States Championship coming out of Raw. And I will say this, man, when it comes to Elias, he, he and the guy just impresses me. Like his ability to grow facial hair back that fast is just un believable and i am extremely jealous of that like it's just thick enough to where we believe he's elias i'm glad he gets to be elias again i feel bad for ezekiel and elrod and any other member of the family that may have shown up one day uh but uh obviously this is one of those creative things where maybe triple h thought it was cute for a while uh but let's go ahead and get elias back into the fold so happy to see that uh that he is back clearly they just took him off tv so they he could grow the beard back and now uh, we are ready to go. You brought up Bobby Lashley. Oh, man, uh, it looks like he is out of the United States title picture for the time being and for very, very good reason. It's because we are getting Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley two at Crown Jewel. Let's go. That is one of two matches that was added to the card last night on Monday Night Raw. And you can sign me up for starting off Monday Night Raw just like they did last night every damn week. No BS, no elongated promo exchange that sets up like uh, the heel's going to come down there and they're going to get in a fight after we just insulted each other and then, ah, screw you, I'm going to go fuck off. I just, I, I, I got your blood boiling. Ah, I don't need to see that every week. This was Lashley not even waiting, mid-sentence, just saying, Brock, you got a problem with me. Bring your ass out here. Brock shows up. These two throw down for five minutes, just big meaty men bumping meat. And that's really all I need to see out of these guys. Like, okay, now I'm ready to go. Sign me up. Crown Jewel in two weeks now. It's hard to believe we're only a little over two weeks away from Crown Jewel. But anybody who pays attention to the product knows what the storyline is between these two. Brock, you got beef. I got beef. Let's throw down. Let's get to work at Crown Jewel. I loved the opening of this last night. 
It was fun. It was a fun way to kick off the show. Uh, you know, Lesnar is always great for these type of pull-apart brawls. It's kind of a staple of all of his uh, feuds. So it was nice to see Bobby Lashley out there and look dominant. He put a whooping on Brock Lesnar, and he looked strong. But I'm more interested in the other match that was made for Crown Jewel really? with, the, with the Judgment Day versus the OC because it causes a whole a wrench into everybody what everybody was thinking it was like oh you know machine gun and big lg got signed but they're still going to be able to do their new japan shows i've been saying on multiple platforms i was like oc and judgment day ain't gonna happen at crown jewel because he's booked for new japan pro wrestling battle autumn osaka japan is 16 hours ladies and gentlemen from saudi arabia and even with a six-hour difference in time, it is impossible for this man to, to be in both places at once. So either we are having a, a wrench being thrown into everybody's idea that it's possible for WWE and New Japan to work and already a bit, uh, Machine Gun's going to get pulled from the show that he was already booked for. And that's pretty much, I think, the end of this whole uh, him being able to finish out his dates, if that's the case. And then two... Uh, it it, thro it throws a whole wrench into, or we or we're gonna get a situation where they are bait and switching us. They're card subject yeah. to changing us, where Anderson is gonna get hurt on one of these last two Raws before Crown Jewel, and then Edge is gonna fill his spot or something like that. Yeah, um, man, it. I get where you would do that. Like, I I don't know. It's just it's just gonna be hard because like. I know you you live in your own WWE bubble. At least that's what they used to do. But if you're going to sit there and do a storyline angle where Machine Gun is hurt and he can't do the match, but then literally the same day he's wrestling for another promotion halfway across the damn world, it, it's kind of just like, well, we know that's bullshit. I know we all know that it, there's the fourth wall there. We're all smart to, to, you know, this is just a show at the end of the day and most things are bullshit in this company. But man, I don't know how you do that. Um. Because you like you said, there's no logistical way that he can do both matches, none whatsoever. You, there's no teleportation; he can't be at both places. So yeah, um, it would be it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Um, I still I see people bringing up uh, Rhea Ripley at ringside. Um, you know, I still think there's a chance maybe she's wrestling Beth Phoenix on the card. We'll see when she shows up, but hopefully that match nah, does happen. She's, she's going to sell the concert. She sold her RKO for like months. She's gonna sell it for yeah. longer yeah, than, very, than four weeks. Yeah, the the days of uh, you know not sticking to timelines as far as injuries are concerned seem to be uh, long over. Because remember they wrote off Charlotte for for a wrist injury, and we are like, ah, she'll be back in three weeks. We're still waiting for Charlotte to come back, but Wrestling Observer does say that uh, she will be back fairly soon. Um, we did get also get an update. I forgot to put this up here on the. Uh, the stack card here, but uh, we did get an update from Fightful Select today. Uh, well, a non-update update on Becky Lynch anyway. Uh, there were some rumors she might be back soon. Not looking like they're expecting her back uh, maybe by the end of the year uh, from that shoulder separation. So a little bit of an update uh, on Becky Lynch for those who are hoping she'll be showing up here within the next couple of weeks. According to Fightful Select, uh, not necessarily going to be the case, so don't hold your breath on that. Uh, last week, I believe it was last week, 
uh, where Tony Khan made a a big move in signing John Moxley to a five year contract extension. That was obviously a huge deal for Mox, huge deal for AEW, and Tony Khan uh, in particular. In a time of of turmoil for his company and backstage chaos, he really needs to lean into the guys who are the leaders, both on screen and in the locker room. And he rewarded John Moxley with a five year contract extension. He's now done it again today, SP3. He has signed Chris Jericho now uh, to a three-year contract extension. Um, you know, this is somebody that we've talked about before on this show and other platforms, just even dating back to last year, felt like maybe Jericho, you know, could be nearing the end of his time with AEW, not necessarily needed on screen with the bevy of stars that they had brought in. Maybe a retirement tour for WWE could be in the works. He's in great shape right now. He has stepped up as a leader, both backstage and on screen in that locker room. Like I said, this is a big deal signing Chris Jericho and Tony Khan has now invested heavily in two guys that he wants to to lead his product forward, but also his, his backstage because both Moxley and Jericho now are getting extra added duties from a creative standpoint, from a mentoring standpoint. So this has been a big week for Tony Khan and locking these two guys up. Yeah, it's a sign of stability when they really need it. <laughs> they yeah, really yeah. needed something to kind of, uh, you know, ride the tide and kind of calm the waters a bit as far as where AEW is at. And having these guys kind of take on more of a leadership role, I I, I think is a great move for them. It's what they needed at the right time. And Chris Jericho, regardless of how you feel about his, his views outside of the ring or <laughs> what he's done or, or, or thinking that he was out of shape at one point, he has really transformed his body, yes. transformed his character. He has been uh, probably one of his best in ring years of his career has been in 2022. And I, and that says a lot. I think his best matches since the Omega Jericho matchup back in 2018, have been this year, whether it's Eddie Kingston at Revolution, whether it's the matches against Brian Danielson, whether it was against John Moxley at Quake by the Lake, Bandito for the ROH World Championship, all the multi-man matches, whether it be Blood and Guts 2 or Anarchy in the Arena. He's had such a great year that I, I'm I, when it comes down to the end of the year, I would put Chris Jericho in my top 10 for Wrestler of the Year because he's just been a constant in the upper card and a guy that the AEW has kind of needed for, you know, either elevating younger talent or working with top talent, having a top program. He's been that guy for them. And he's been an even bigger role behind the scenes, the stuff that we don't see from what people are saying. So this is well-deserved. Yeah. Um, look, I've the, the first time I ever, and I didn't really even interact with him in person, but the first time I ever saw him in person uh, was at that media scrum. Uh, in Chicago at all out when all hell was breaking loose and he was not supposed to be in that media scrum. It was supposed to be the elite after they won the inaugural trios championships. And I just remember, especially, you know, in retrospect, looking back on that and just being impressed with how Jericho handled that situation, his composure, his demeanor, sitting there in that in that media scrum for 15 minutes knowing that chaos is erupting backstage that evps and the new world champion are literally in a fist fight and there are fights and dogs and everything involved backstage and he's sitting there putting over mjf as one of like the next big stars in the company and, and laughing and, and talking about you know shelling out money to to get you know music rights and this that and the other thing in retrospect that was incredibly impressive how he handled that entire situation 
And then you hear the reports of him stepping up and, and you know, leading locker room meetings and everything like that. So this was an incredibly well-deserved signing, uh, an important one for Tony Khan, as you said, stability at a time where he desperately needed it. Uh, and he has it in Chris Jericho, the Ring of Honor uh, world champion. Frantic World saying, uh, I saw that TK said that Ring of Honor is going to have one more pay-per-view for 2022, and then a TV deal is coming in 2023. Is that true? I don't know. I don't have any inside information on that situation, but I did read where Tony Khan had said, uh, SP3, that we're going to get good news on a Ring of Honor regular weekly series here soon. So, for those people who are out there saying there's way too much Ring of Honor stuff on AEW TV, I see those tweets every damn week. It's coming soon. Apparently, it's coming soon. And when that announcement comes down, we will definitely break it down for you here in Believe in Pro Wrestling. We'll get back uh, to AEW coming up here in a little bit because for one night only, SP3, it is back. The Tuesday Night War now because we get both NXT and AEW tonight. I know which one I'll be watching because I'll be there. Dynamite, Cincinnati, Bay Bay. By the way, John Moxley and Chris Jericho will both be defending their world titles tonight. So get hyped for that. If you guys have any other questions or comments or things you want us to talk about, uh, let us know. Hit us up in the chat. Uh, I had one that uh, piqued my interest a minute ago because I realized that for some reason I didn't put this in the rundown today. And now I can't find it. There we go. It's Marcel. He says, what did you guys think? Of the Bray Wyatt promo on Friday, SP3. Uh, this is a guy that was heavily, you know, anticipated. What was he going to say? What kind of Bray Wyatt? What iteration of Bray Wyatt were we going to see? And we saw one that we haven't seen before. We we saw Wyndham Rotunda on, on Friday. That's who showed up in the ring until he was interrupted by uh, an alter ego of his on the Jumbotron. That was not what I was expecting. It was really cool to see that. Yeah, it was brilliant. I've, I've said it once. I'll say it again. You, Bray Wyatt, a lot of people's problem with him is when you feuded with him, you had to either change your character or you weren't, you didn't look as strong as you did going into the feud. So the solution to that is have Bray Wyatt feud with Bray Wyatt. That's brilliant. <laughs> That's just brilliant. He was great. He had a captivating promo. His delivery was just so on point with the treble in his voice and everything. Yeah. It was tremendous. Yeah, and it, it, he came off as a guy who's been wanting to say that on a massive platform for, for months now. Like, we, he never did uh, a Chris Van Vliet or uh, Rene Paquette sessions. You know, he never did any of that. He was very quiet, very off the grid, and he talked about that, how he, how he hit away, how he lost his confidence, and, you know, he would hear from fans because he did do some signings here or there, right? Like he'd hear from fans saying how much he meant to him and asking him when he was going to come back. And man, when you get, when you get that much amount of love, it's going to hit you in a certain place. So I thought this was absolutely brilliant because again, this is not something we were expecting. We were all expecting Bray Wyatt, some, whether it was a, a new form of Bray Wyatt or whether it was, you know, uh, the, the cult leader, the eater of worlds or the fiend or firefly, Funhouse Bray, or were we going to get the Wyatt Six introduction? I thought this was great. This is exactly what I wanted. I wanted some some mystery there involved as well. I wanted the things to kind of slow burn with Bray Wyatt. Don't just have him come out there and introduce the Wyatt Six. We still don't know if the Wyatt Six is going to be actual people or just Bray Wyatt playing different roles throughout the entirety of his uh, his tenure moving forward. I did like the report that came out that Triple H has solid creative plans in place for Bray Wyatt all the way through WrestleMania. Cause that's another thing that's absolutely killed Bray Wyatt in the past is 
we didn't know where his stories were going on a week-to-week basis. He didn't even know. How many reports did we hear about how he and Randy Orton were just strung along for like six months and there was never an end game? Never an end game. Hell, the night before WrestleMania, Bray was supposed to win and then they gave the win to Orton. And it's like, what the fuck are we doing here? So just the fact that he has some creative footing and Triple H is, is willing to play the long game and the subtle game. We've seen the, the cloaked figures in the background, at least on SmackDown. It appears he's going to be a SmackDown-only superstar now. I didn't notice anything out of the out of crazy on Monday. No QR codes, nothing like that last night. But we're seeing cloaked figures backstage praying to that Bray Wyatt symbol that's there now, the Wyatt 6 logo. So there's a lot of intrigue there. I'm interested to see what this new Bray Wyatt figure mask is, is going to be all about. But I do agree with you. I think it's absolutely brilliant that it, at least it looks like his first feud because he can't wrestle himself right maybe if we were in the thunderdome era they could pull something off ethan page has wrestled himself before uh you know so it's possible but you ain't gonna do that in front of a live crowd the idea of bray feuding with himself uh i find to be incredibly incredibly brilliant uh so fat saying bray wyatt is awesome uh that seems to be the uh sentiment for most of the fans out there at least it's one way or the other Either it's Bray Wyatt's a genius and he's awesome, or you have these people who are dying on the hill that he's not very good and they're trying to tear him down at every point. God, you gotta love the gosh darn internet, don't you? We got five more questions we gotta break through here. If you guys wanna get any comments, concerns, anything, hit us up in the chat immediately. If you're just joining in, if you're new to the show, thank you so much. Make sure to hit that thumbs up button. Make sure to pound the subscribe button because somebody's going to win $100 once we get to 500 subscribers. And by the way, is the bell still a thing? Notifications? Hit the dang bell while you're at it. Well, I'm going to hit this. It's time to answer the five count on the Believe Podcast Network. All right, we got the five big questions facing the world of professional wrestling, at least on this show anyway. Other people might rank questions higher, but these are the five that I've gone with, SP3. We will start with the fact that last night on Monday Night Raw, Something that we didn't get a whole lot under the old regime. I'll never forget the fact that, you know, there were superstars just literally traded away for nothing. Remember that time Big E, your former WWE champion, was just handed to SmackDown and they never completed the trade? Well, last night, Triple H completed a trade. We had that storyline on Friday where Rey Mysterio said, I can't fight Dominic. I can't be on the same show as him. I can't be there with Judgment Day. I'm going to quit. And Triple H was like, no, you can't quit. Let's go into my office and figure something out. And then he gets rewarded by getting moved to SmackDown, put in a number one contenders match for the Intercontinental Championship. He wins it, and now he's going to get his ass obliterated by Gunther. So you can't fight your own son, Ray. So now you're going to get the big Austrian. Congratulations. Careful what you wish for. But I digress. Ray Mysterio moved over to SmackDown. Never even, like, crossed my mind that somebody would have to go back over for that to make sense because they never really brought up the idea of a trade, right? It's just a deal was worked out. Okay, that's fine. Triple H runs both brands anyway. You could have ended it there. Then they made everything make sense full circle. We get JBL coming out in full JBL fashion with the limo and the horns and the baggy suit and the cowboy hat, and he's on fire on that mic last night, shitting all over the state of Oklahoma, getting the nuclear... Texas boy heat. I do miss JBL on the microphone. That guy is, is, is a great heel promo. And last night he was cooking with gas and on commentary as well. He added a lot to the commentary table. And that's coming from a guy 
who used to hate JBL <laughs> when he was on commentary. Last night, he was great working with Kevin Patrick and, uh, and Corey Graves. But then it didn't take long for us to find out why he was there. It was fact, and we all knew why he was there because we all read the reports. But he introduces not Happy Corbin, but Baron Corbin. Same music, new persona-ish, kind of. Corbin had talked about in an interview, hey, uh, Triple H is trying to give my edge back to my character. He shows up as Baron Corbin. He's not dressed as a barista anymore. He actually has wrestling gear. He gets put in a match with Dolph Ziggler. Hard-hitting match. He beats Ziggler. And JBL has proclaimed him to be the next wrestling god. So now it looks like Corbin is... The modern-day wrestling god. The modern-day wrestling god. So it looks like Corbin, in addition to Mustafa Ali, is going to be getting a renewed push on Monday night. So SP3... With all the evidence laid before you, who won that trade? Is it SmackDown with Rey Mysterio or is it Raw with Baron Corbin? Rey Mysterio to SmackDown by far. It's not even close. <laughs> I, I get, I get, I get Rey Mysterio versus Gunther. I got Rey Mysterio versus Ricochet on on SmackDown this past week. It's definitely SmackDown wins in this trade, and that's not saying anything about Baron Corbin. Or this, you know, repackaging. I think it's a smart idea to put him with JBL. JBL is going to be so effective as a heater for him. Even though, I mean, Baron Corbin was effective as a heel talk. He doesn't need so him. Does, yeah, like no, it, he it, it just seems like this is just something that they they're throwing at the wall and they're trying here. I do. It, do I think that JBL is going to go on a long run as Corbin's manager? No. Following this, I had no indication that this will last more than three months. I had no yeah. indication at all this is going to last more than three months. But I would love that, you know, for our good friend Dutch Mantel, that's a full circle moment. A guy that he came into WWF with and managed him when he was basically a rookie in WWF in 1995 is now managing someone in WWE. I think that's awesome. I think that would be awesome for Dutch if it actually turns out to be a long run. That would be pretty cool. But Definitely Rey Mysterio to SmackDown. It adds more depth to their singles division, which was the strength of SmackDown at this point, that they have a bunch of guys that can go out there and give you a weekly banger. You could throw a bunch of them in a multi-man matchup, and it's always guaranteed to be a bunch of fun. You got your Sami Zayn's, you got your Ricochets, you got your uh, Solo Sokoa's, you got your Sheamus, you got your Drew McIntyre, Gunther, Shinsuke Nakamura, The New Day, The Usos. Like, they're, they, the depth of that match, male roster where you could throw all these guys in the ring and then adding Rey Mysterio to that mix and Rey Mysterio on his own. It's like a whole new character for Rey yeah. Mysterio because ever since he got stuck into the mystery vortex, that was which was that 2020 feud with Seth Rollins, he's been stuck with the albatross that is his son. And now we get a refresh, a renewed Rey Mysterio on his own. And we know he eventually he's going to burst dominate probably at next year, you know, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania time. That's when it, that's going to happen. But for now, I'm going to enjoy my Rey Mysterio bangers on SmackDown. So SmackDown wins. Yeah. And, and not, not to sit on the fence here, but I think both brands did really well here because you had two guys who were basically kind of lost in the shuffle in on the brands that they were at. They weren't going anywhere. Like you said, Rey Mysterio was basically parked with this anchor around his neck. That was his son and Dominic the same way. Like it was a mutual anchoring because Dominic wasn't going to go anywhere. Just walking around going, Hey guys, I'm Rey Mysterio's son. 
um, awesome. Like he wasn't going to go anywhere doing that. Uh, he still has, you know, some development that needs to happen. And, but you know, he's the most interesting that he's been literally ever. Uh, so this has worked out for Dominic. I think it's going to work out for Ray. You brought up, you know, names after names after names that he's going to be able to work with. Uh, I'm, I'm thrilled at the fact that, that now Ray Mysterio and Santos Escobar are on the same brand. Cause I think that feud is, is money and has a potential to be a big WrestleMania match down the road if they want to go that direction. So in that case, Based off of the evidence that I'm looking at right now, yeah, I think I'll lean towards SmackDown for every reason that you said. Now, in two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, six months, I may look back at this and I may say I win because I have been asking, I have been begging, I have been pleading for a more dominant Baron Corbin run in WWE for some time because I have thought he's had all the tools and potential to be a top-level heel in WWE He's just never gotten the chance to be that. They've never booked him as that. They have literally made him the offensive lineman for WWE. Hey, we got a dirty-ass job. Let's bring in Baron Corbin. We need somebody to get ridiculed in front of 4 million people by The Rock and Becky Lynch and just get his ass whooped to start off Friday Night SmackDown. Let's call Corbin. We need somebody to get tied to a ring post and covered in dog food. Let's call Baron Corbin. This guy just gets all the dirty jobs and shows up and does the job to the best of his ability. He's one of the most hated dudes in WWE. If he can actually get the booking behind him, I think he's got the potential to be a top-level heel, and hopefully uh, we get there. No, that's where they fail him every single time. Every single time they try to make him a top-level heel. It's okay to be the best mid-card heel. That's, that's what he is. He's a mid-card heel. He's not a top-level heel. That's what that's what's failed him every single time is when they try to elevate him to that spot. If they just try to make him the best mid-card heel possible, he could be the mid-card heel who gets all the heat and then gets the responses that necessitates him getting to that top level spot. But say that yeah, he he has potential. No, he is what he is at this point. And what he is is a great mid-card heel. Regardless, he's damn good at his job. Uh, I'm interested to see where this thing with JBL can take him. Uh, SP3, as you know, I spend a lot of time on social media, which is very unhealthy for me, and I need to stop doing it. But one thing that I have noticed over the last couple of weeks are the tweets coming out about the, especially in particular, the Raw women's division. And I am seeing people start to get very, very concerned about the number of women who are being featured, the number of women who have storylines, the number of women who are getting time on Monday Night Raw. Last night in a three-hour show, we had one women's match. And this is something that we have really hammered AEW for in the past. And I'm all about keeping up that same energy uh, for when WWE does equal bullshit. So I will ask you, you are the voice of reason. You're the level-headed one on this show more often than not. So I will ask SP3, compared to me, you're the level-headed one. Uh, I will ask SP3 here, is it time for people to start panicking with the amount of time the Raw Women's Division is getting right now? I mean, I'm panicking, but that's for different reason. But yeah, they should. It is about time that people start being real about this Raw Women's Division because what they have done for the past year, pretty much, is they have booked this show and the focus around Becky Lynch, and now it's Bailey and Damage Control. Becky Lynch is not here anymore, and Damage Control 
is about dead as a doornail. I'm going to keep using that SIG because that's how they feel. I don't feel anything towards damage control because they didn't spend the time to really establish them with big wins. They got wins. They get wins on TV, but when it matters the most, tournament finals, ladder match, they lost. So yeah. when that when the focus and the time is being dedicated to that one group and there is it's damaged, not just in name, it's damaged in the way you've built you booked it and built this stable, then there is an issue. So yes, it is about time that people be real and say that they need to address the women's division on not just raw, just overall in WWE right now. Yeah, I mean, look, and I so see somebody in the chat saying they they don't have the depth. Absolutely, they have depth. You have Alexa Bliss and Asuka just chilling, like literally doing nothing. This is something I brought up on the show, one of our shows last week. They haven't had Alexa Bliss do anything all year. They had her do those therapy sessions. She comes back to a white-hot reaction in Saudi Arabia. She puts on a hell of a match, almost wins the Elimination Chamber, and then they benched her until after WrestleMania. And then when they bring her back, she started getting wins, not really doing anything with her from a character standpoint. We don't know what we don't know what this version of Alexa Bliss is. Is this evil Alexa Bliss? Is this the goddess? We don't know because they hardly let her talk. And when they do let her talk, it's just, you know, hey, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to whoop your ass because you attacked Asuka type stuff, right? There's really been no kind of character development there. And it feels like she's stuck in created purgatory. And now for the last few weeks and months, she's been a side piece to Bianca Belair, who has proven she doesn't even need a side piece to even out the numbers against damage control. I will say there are some things that are concerning there. The fact that they're not using Asuka. They're not using Alexa Bliss. They did move Zelina Vega over to SmackDown. She's part of Legato Del Fantasma. But what is she specifically going to be doing? Rhea Ripley has been featured heavily as a part of Judgment Day. She ain't wrestling anybody. She doesn't really have a feud in and of herself. So once again, much like Alexa Bliss, Rhea Ripley has been relegated to being a side piece for Dominic, for Dominic Mysterio. So yeah, there are some concerns. I'm not panicked yet. What I'm seeing is concerning. I'd like to see some more women be brought into the fold, some more focus on some secondary and even third-level storylines. I would like to see it. Uh, one thing that I absolutely loved about this past Friday SP3 was the the rebirth, the re-debut of L.A. Knight. Yeah, he came out, whooped up on Mansois, got a pretty good reaction from the crowd, I would say, on Friday when he came out. People were excited to see him. It's like, okay, maybe they got the star to babyface L.A. Knight here. This could be big for them. Uh-uh. He took the microphone and immediately cut that shit off right then and there. He said, I don't need y'all. I didn't do that for you. I did that for me. We get full-fledged heel L.A. Knight, putting the entire locker room on notice. SP3, now that he is free from maximum male models, because it feels like that was a clean cut, they ain't turning him heel. If they're going to keep feuding with maximum male models who are heels themselves, so LA Knight has now separated himself from that anchor of a gimmick. Where do you think his ceiling is over on Friday Night SmackDown now that he is heel LA Knight on the main roster? LA Knight is another guy that's just a perfect mid-card heel. So I think that his ceiling, especially on the SmackDown roster, would be like the Intercontinental Championship. But, you know, you can they can always put more focus on those mid-card heels. So him as Intercontinental Championship, I think it would be his ceiling, but I think he would be a great choice for it if they actually, you know, booked him properly. 
Yeah, and and honestly, you saying that kind of makes more sense than now that they have moved Baron Corbin over to Monday Night Raw. LA Knight kind of slides perfectly into that void that a Baron Corbin uh, would leave because sooner or later, you're going to have a guy like Gunther who is destined for the top level, right? So he's going to get there sooner rather than later. Sheamus is now organically turned into one of the biggest baby faces uh, on Friday Night SmackDown along with the rest of the brawling brutes or or fight night, whatever they're called uh, these days. Uh, So yeah, he fits in perfectly right there. I think, you know, he's got the potential I mean, you back in his NXT days, he would either get nuclear heat or he would get huge crowd reactions. This is a guy who knows how to generate emotion. He can cut a great pom- promo. He can work a real a, a good match. He's got a really old school type feel to him. I think if they book him right, he's got a chance to get up to the main card. I'm not saying he's going to be Universal or WWE champion. I'd love to see it, but I think he's a potential opponent for whoever the next universal or WWE champion is. I think he could absolutely get there. Sure. As an opponent, why the hell not strap the rocket to him? See how far he can go. Cause he's got the talent. He's got everything that you can need. Uh, Steven Chambers saying do drop Nikki cross Tamina, Dana Brooke, not using any of them. When's the last time we saw Carmella? Is she hurt? I don't know. Uh, she said, at least they said that she was hurt. Where the hell has she been? They're not, there's a whole lot of talent. They had Zia Lee. Not really using her right now. There's a whole lot of talent they got. They're just not using. So again, I'm concerned with that, but I'm not ready to hit the panic button just yet. Uh, SP3, just last year, heck, the day that we launched this show right here on the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast YouTube channel, we were recapping WWE day one. That was our day one. We recapped that pay-per-view, which was being set up as this big premium event, a staple event every single year. Well, now WrestleNomics is reporting that day one is eh, eh, no more. And there might be some changes, big changes coming uh, to the pay-per-view structure next year as far as more international shows and less gimmicky shows. What's one WWE premium live event that needs to go away next year? What's one that either needs to stay or come back? Uh, 100% the one that needs to go is Hell in a Cell. Uh, get rid of that immediately. I'm not against gimmick pay-per-views, but that one just, you had to kind of book, it, book your fuse properly to kind of end off there. So it kind of feels hamstrung in a way. Yeah. So, But I'm not against gimmick pay-per-views, like I said. So I would bring back uh, Cyber Sunday. Uh, when a fan, yes. a fan you know, pick the stipulation, pick who was going to fight for the title. I like those type of shows, and it would fit in with what WWE is trying to do. I think Cyber Sunday was way ahead of its time. It was a brilliant idea. It was just way, way ahead of its time. Now, literally, we all live on our phones every single day. I'm with you. Um, another pay-per-view I would love to see come back is a, a yearly King of the Ring and then Queen of the Ring. I think if you rotate them, don't do both pay-per-views at the same time. Just, just me. I think you could make them. You could make them mean something. They um, don't. They but don't. You can. Do it. Don't give me that. You can. I have faith in Triple H to make things mean something. But since you said Cyber Sunday, I'm gonna say King of the Ring. You do King of the Ring in the even years. You do Queen of the Ring on the odd number of years you can rotate them in and out that way you're not giving us you know two tournaments at the same time and trying to rotate because we saw how big of a cluster that was i am with you 100 on hell in a cell that can go bye-bye uh 100 that can go bye-bye it is a big night in the world of professional wrestling we got the wars once again 
NXT going up against AEW Dynamite on a special Tuesday night, which hopefully will get started on time because the Yankees and Indians are playing at 4 o'clock tonight. Uh, I'm going to see it regardless because it's in Cincinnati. So a big fight field tonight. John Moxley, Chris Jericho both defending their titles. Tony Storm, I believe, is defending her title as well tonight. So big show across the board. WWE, though, is reportedly determined to beat AEW in the ratings tonight. SP3, do they have a prayer of accomplishing that? You're not going to come to our night and take food off of our table. Uh, <laughs> um, do I think WWE has a prayer? Yes, actually, I think they do because it's their night. Their fans should be coming out. NXT has done anything between 600,000 to 700,000, even more on certain weeks. If they get that and AEW, not all of their fans, you know, uh, move over from Wednesday to Tuesday or, you know, the, the MLB playoffs, this competition, they got some stiff yeah. competition, maybe some of their fans, you know, you see more of the drop off with sports fans with AEW than you see with WWE. So there is a bunch of factors that says that WWE has a prayer. I think they have a bigger chance if that, that playoff game worries me. Because all of a sudden now, if you get into a situation like you had with, what was it, Seattle and Houston, where they went 18 innings uh, the other night, if you get a game that goes long and they're still playing at 8 o'clock, 8.30, 8.45, 9 o'clock, and they have to move Dynamite to like True TV or something like that, oh, that's that's tough. That's that's really really tough. So that that's concerning to me, and I think that would mean big things for for WWE. But if that game ends on time, that's a hell of a lead in uh, for AEW. They got three world title matches tonight. That's a big card. I think their fans, especially the tried and true tribal four AEW four world title matches tonight. The the tried and true you know AEW fans, they're gonna they're gonna flock. They're gonna find it. They're gonna watch it. Um, but I do like what WWE has done tonight to make NXT feel like this go-home show ahead of Halloween Havoc feel like a big deal, and they're bringing in people like Kevin Owens, and they're bringing in Raquel Rodriguez uh, to fight. Uh, she's fighting Cora Jade. Roxanne Perez is going to go against Rhea Ripley. So, hey, Rhea Ripley's going to wrestle a match. It's going to be on NXT, but she's going to wrestle a damn match. So I like that. I like that WWE wants to go out there and perform well, and they're going to pull out the stops to make that happen. Just don't be disappointed if you guys lose to AEW. That's all I'm going to say. Don't be too disappointed. Be realistic. Don't have the delusions of grandeur, okay? I feel like AEW is going to win this one tonight, but you never know. SP3, what you got going on the rest of the week? Where can people find your stuff? You can find me on the Twitter machine at True Hill SP3. I'll be going live tomorrow on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel to review tonight's AEW Dynamite on AE Ramble with Jimmy Macaram at 1.05 p.m. Eastern time. So join me over there. All right. Follow me at Rick Uchino. Make sure to hit that thumbs up button and that subscribe button here on Believe in Pro Wrestling. SP3 and I will be back sometime this week. Uh, we'll, we'll work out a date. Keep an eye on the uh, the Twitter handles. We'll let you know when we'll be back to recap Dynamite. Get you ready for SmackDown and Rampage and Halloween Havoc and all of that good stuff. Everybody enjoy AEW Dynamite NXT tonight. We love pro wrestling. This shit's awesome. Scissor someone at Dynamite, Rick. Scissor someone. Yeah, hey, if you're in the Cincinnati area and you're going to be there, you see me around, just, just throw it up, man. Just throw it up without hesitation. Without hesitation. Talk to you guys down the line. This is Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Scissor the thumbs up.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.